You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet here to help you with your pets, no matter what the problem is. I'm Jamie Flanagan, making sure everybody has a good time. We got pet professionals standing by, ready to help with behavior questions. Brian Donovan, he's got you covered. Our veterinarians from the Serenity Animal Hospital, Dr. Karen, she's got you covered. Any veterinary questions? And then, you know, the pandemic, if you're scared, Matt Fox will give you a hug. And, and so will I. And then and murder hornets. What do you do with murder hornets? What mur- what a murder hornets? What is going on with this world? All right. So we got you covered with murder hornets, too. We got Coyote Peterson. He makes a living out of getting stung by big, bad, nasty, creepy, crawly things. That is, that is his gig. We're going to talk to Coyote right now and find out what the deal is. Well, with his show, his new book... And murder hornets coming down like the pandemic and the plague's not enough. We got murder hornets and we got Coyote Peterson on Animal Talk. But before we do that, let's do this. Run over and hit like or subscribe wherever finer podcasts are sold. Whatever you're listening to this on, pop on over, hit that subscribe button. Really do appreciate it. It makes a big difference. Leave a comment. That'd be a beautiful thing. That's all right. Subscribe at the very least. We appreciate that. Animal Talk Radio on your finer podcast outlets, wherever you're going to find it. And uh, yeah, leave a comment, subscribe. Truly, truly appreciate that. But without further ado, our guest today, Coyote Peterson from The Brave Wild and The Brave Wilderness on YouTube with uh, millions upon millions of followers uh, on YouTube and on the television. It's uh, Discovery's Animal Planet, Brave Wild. Uh, Coyote Peterson, welcome to Animal Talk. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Welcome back to Animal Talk, because the last time we were on, you had just released uh, your book, the second uh, pressing of the uh, Brave Adventures, and we talked about the book, and you were super excited because the show was going to kick off really, really soon, Uh, and you said, I said, hey, you got to have you back to to talk about the show, and then uh, you're like, absolutely, and then you actually said yes when we called. It was wonderful. Uh, So... How how did the launch of, of the show go? Because you premiered in February, like right after the Puppy Bowl. How did that How did that boost go? And how did how did uh, how's the show going? Yeah, I mean, the, the show's great. Um, we had a fantastic launch. Um, gosh, it seems like forever ago. I'm already on like so many of the next steps in this year. And obviously, with coronavirus hitting, that was a, a crazy thing all happening in the mix. Unfortunately, the show launched just before that. So I was able to do all of my media and press touring to promote it, which was great. Um, and so far, so good. I, I'd say the one downside to television versus YouTube is you really have no idea how many people are or are not watching. So while we're capable of seeing Nielsen ratings, you know, that's a very small skew as compared to who else is watching on YouTube TV, Hulu, all of that and whatnot. But um, so far, everything that we've heard back from audience that's seen it has been extremely positive. So we were thrilled to get it out there. So I'm not asking you to brag, but on the YouTube channel, how many followers do you have on on the Brave uh, Brave Wilderness YouTube channel? Uh, I think we're just about to cross 16.8 million subscribers. <laughs> wow. That is ridiculous. So how on earth do you reply to all those comments? 
Actually, or do you pick and choose? The only real true place I respond to the majority of comments is on Instagram. Right. Because uh, my following there isn't nearly the size that it is on YouTube. It's impossible to keep up oh. with the comments on YouTube. I mean, we would certainly love to be able to do that for our audience. But sure. um, there's something YouTube actually just launched recently called Memberships. Uh, which is a really cool exclusive thing that um, I think YouTube just launched it about six months ago. Um, we're part of like the first wave of YouTubers that are participating in it where people can actually join. It's almost like a fan club. And mm. because they join that, their comments get filtered to the top of video releases. So we're now actively participating more so in the comment answering with that specific group of people, um, mm. which makes it a lot easier to hone in on the uh audience that is specifically asking questions about that video so that's been very very helpful which for anybody that's watching that joins memberships that's the best way to communicate with myself mark and mario sure sure and that's a you know connects you with your super fans so uh yeah that that's pretty that's pretty cool so you said you were on a production trip you just got back from a a production trip was that a a, an animal planet production trip or a a brave wilderness youtube production trip producing um as of right now this year has been for the youtube channel Mm. with the coronavirus obviously travel has been very very limited um the majority of the entertainment industry is kind of in a freeze mode right now with almost all projects so television currently is on pause at the moment but the great thing about youtube is youtube never stops rolling and nobody can stop from going out to produce content so yeah we just got back from West Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee uh, produce seven new pieces of content for the Brave Wilderness channel. And, you know, that's the great thing about YouTube is there's no limitation to how frequently you can release content. We actually produced a lot of stuff at the beginning of the year that's been the recent content coming out on on the YouTube channel, which has been great because we're obviously very limited in the amount of traveling we could do during quarantine. Now that people are out of quarantine and the restrictions have been greatly lifted in many states, uh, we're kind of back up and operating uh, as normal. I, I have to ask: well, when you were in Kentucky, how many how many distilleries stung you as you were walking as you were making your way down the trail? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, none. We were so crazy busy the entire Darn. time. We didn't really get to visit any of the the greater. Uh, entertainment aspects of Kentucky or Tennessee. Um, we went to, I think, one restaurant the entire time that we were there. Everything else was making our own food, trying to follow social distancing as best as we could. And when we're producing, obviously, we're in the wilderness and uh, around no people whatsoever. So it was just myself and two other people that went on the trip, two of my team members. So it was a very bootstraps production, but we were very fortunate what we were able to accomplish. So uh, we, Matt and I do an, another uh, podcast called The Man Cave Happy Hour, and it's all about uh, bourbons and, and spirits, and uh, that, that's one of our, our trips. Uh, I, I think we're going to go down and get stung on the bourbon trail uh, slightly yeah. differently than, than you did. <laughs> but, I'd be happy to join you guys for the Happy Hour Man Cave at some point, too, and we can, we can all have a glass of bourbon. So uh, yeah, um, I, we, we will definitely take you up on, on that mm-hmm. one as well. So the, the corona and the COVID, uh, do you have your uh, apocalypse bingo card uh, on hand? It's like, what, there's an asteroid the size of a, of a stadium heading for us? And the only thing left on the bingo card, I think, is uh, uh, alien invasion. And, and I, I hear there's signals coming in that uh, people are trying to decipher. So, But uh, one of the other things uh, in these crazy times, uh, the, big on the news, uh, was the murder hornets. 
And as soon as we heard that, I was like, oh, I know a cat that uh, <laughs> probably knows all about these murder hornets. Uh, so they're from Japan. From what I understand, murder hornets, they're from Japan. They kill about 50 people a year uh, in Japan. Um, what do you, what it, is this just media hype? Are there actually murder hornets sweeping across America and, and are we in trouble? Uh, I mean, it's definitely media hype. Now I have been stung by the Japanese giant hornet, which I'm sure you guys are aware. So, uh, last month we had the very fortunate, um, I'm always thankful when an older video gets insane attention, <laughs> you know, re reclaimed its stake at going viral for a second time which was pretty awesome to have a video come out originally and go viral and then have like a year and a half pass by and have it go viral a second time um you know obviously everybody was searching for that hornet and seeing oh my gosh this crazy guy got stung by it and it is extremely painful but the whole hype surrounding murder hornets and them ending up here in the united states is a very far-fetched concept the true story behind it all is that a group of entomologists did discover a nest on uh, up in British Columbia this past September. The nest was destroyed. Um, there are no signs that these hornets have reproduced and are going to be causing any sort of problems this summer. And your odds of being stung by one, regardless, are slim to none. Even if they were here, they have no interest in interacting with humans. The only way you would get stung is if you tried to catch it or kill it, and it was defending itself. But uh, the pain is very stingful. Or the, the the pain is very, this thing is very painful, I should say, mixing my words there. Um, and yes, they do kill people every year, but that's primarily due to the fact that people have a negative reaction to the venom. So that's either somebody having an allergic reaction or somebody that's trying to destroy a nest and doesn't have the proper means to do it that ends up getting stung 10, 15, 20, 25 times. And that number of stings, yes, could definitely kill you. Yeah. Oh, right. well, that, that, that'll do it. So um, when, when you took the sting from the murder hornet, it, it hurt. Did, how, how severe was your reaction? Did you need, uh, how, how did you recover from that? And how do you recover from, from these? Do you, is, there, is there any post-op that, that you do that, that we don't see? Um, how do you recover from these? Um, you know, I, I guess my body just magically naturally processes the venom extremely well for some reason. Uh, the after effects of the giant hornet were pretty extreme. My arm swelled up to nearly twice its normal size, maybe even a little bit more than that. It was painful for a little over 24 hours. Mm. Um, there was a lot of itching involved after the fact from the sting site, but I didn't need to seek any sort of medical attention. Obviously, my, if my body had reacted negatively to the venom, we would have done so. Uh, but my body just kind of absorbs the venom after a while, and I carry on. Now, I certainly would never recommend that anybody else go out and try to get stung by anything or bitten by anything, but I magically have some sort of ability to stive off infections. I mean, right now I'm dealing with, um, I caught a 50 pound catfish in Tennessee. I went through that whole process of, of noodling, which I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the famous shows that were out on Machio and Animal Planet a few years ago, like Hillbilly Hams yeah. and stuff like that. I tried my hand at that. My arm is actually pretty damaged right now. It's all bruised and swollen from literally catching a 50-pound catfish with my bare hands. Oh, oh. I got bit. It was insanely painful. Um, during that process, I had also jumped off a boat at one point to get into the water. And I have a massive hematoma in my leg right now. My entire leg is swollen up to nearly twice its normal size. So I'm going to the doctor. 
actually tomorrow because I'm not sure if my leg is still bleeding internally and I might have to get it drained out. So, you know, for the most part, I'm going to be fine. But yeah, every trip beats you up. If I'm not getting bitten by something, I'm, I'm suffering some sort of other, you know, injury from the environment. So it's pretty extreme, but I handle it pretty well. Man, oh man. Oh, I just, I just, I can't, I'm, I'm just, I'm one of the guys that just runs like a, there's a bumblebee in the backyard and I go screaming like a little girl. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I just can't do it. Oh, it's just way too brave. So, uh, you, you've, you've, you've done the bugs. Are, are you getting into the venomous, uh, are you playing with, the any, any other types of bites? Are you going to head into reptiles at all? Are you going to let other things, uh, have their way with you? Well, there'll definitely be no bites from any like venomous snakes or anything like that. And what's interesting is that this is very timely because today we have an episode coming out on mm. Brave Wilder's channel tonight that is all about snake venom milking. Oh. Uh, we worked with this awesome group in uh, Deland, Florida called the Reptile Discovery Center, and we milked the three most dangerous pit vipers in the United States. Mm. Or I should say the three most common three of which are most frequently encountered, the copperhead, the water moccasin, and the eastern dimeback rattlesnake all of which have very potent venom. So we did one part of the episode, which comes out tonight, is milking those snakes to show you the venom yield. And the second part that comes out on Saturday, we pulled eight vials of blood from my body and then did a science experiment where we mixed the different venoms with the blood. And it is absolutely fascinating. Uh, Not to mention insanely gory when Uh. you see what happens blood with snake venom in it so uh no i'll never intentionally be bitten by a venomous snake but we are going to go through the process of showing you what different snake venoms do to human human blood as a novice and i'll I'll watch the episode but you know what are some of the effects that the venom has on uh, on the blood itself or what do they use the blood for medicinal purposes is it like throwing a mentos into a coke what's going on here (laughs) yeah Um, well the the bigger effects happen on a microscopic level so Obviously, on the Brave Wilderness channel, we do everything to build up to, okay, what could be the sequel? So we're actually going back to the same reptile center later this year to do an episode where we milk a king cobra, which is the world's largest venomous snake, versus the gaboon viper, which is the world's largest viper and has the largest fangs. So with that one, then we're going to bring in a microscope, a, a, a microscopic camera that can show you the breakdown of the blood cells. So with oh, this man. first one, we don't show you it on a microscopic level, and that's where the majority of the damage is happening. But just visually to the human eye, you can see that there are anticoagulant and coagulant properties to these different venoms. So, for example, the copperhead is very strongly anticoagulant, which means that your red blood cells break down and do not clot, so the blood becomes very watery, Mm. whereas the eastern diamondback actually has a lot of coagulants. So you'll see the blood begin to, like, gel up and turn into these nasty clumps. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. So uh, we we go through a lot of different... um, design elements to make sure that we did this as scientifically as possible because there's other videos that have been done where somebody you know pricks their skin squirts blood onto a plate and then squirts venom into it the reason that that's not accurate is because the second blood is exposed to air uh the coagulation process starts so we took it to a whole nother level and uh you know, as you stay tuned for the next episodes coming, it's it's pretty interesting. Wow, I love it. I love that uh, there, there's a science aspect to it. Um, it I, I think that that will foster good stuff with kids, right? But again, yeah. kids do not try this at home by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> right? How many times do you have to say that per episode? <laughs> 
Well, with this episode specifically, we, we have a section where I talk about why I will never be intentionally bitten by a venomous snake because a lot of people have asked for that. And we're yeah. going to show exactly why I would never want to go through that. Yeah. Um, not only it, you know, force you to lose an appendage, but it can definitely kill you. A bite from a snake versus a sting from an insect are two very, very, very different things. Mm. Um, and of course, we're always putting out that warning of kids to never try to interact with snakes, especially if you can't properly identify the species. Our buddy, uh, uh, Brian Barczyk, um, he was uh, part of the Venom Hunters cruise. He was on, he was on the show uh, for a few years with us, and he's uh, here in Metro Detroit still, and he's got a little zoo called the Reptarium. Uh, and just, it was amazing to watch him and Chewy going around, uh, Australia and, and doing that in the wild. And they, they were, and, and, and it, they were doing it and they were capturing these, these venomous snakes and, and milking them, uh, you know, and, and re-releasing them it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I remember one of the cats on that show got bit like very early on and, uh, it was, uh, it was almost lights out for that guy. And he was, that was it. He was done on the show. He was like, no more, no more show for you. Uh, it was, uh, quite, quite, uh, quite dangerous. Brian, Brian doesn't normally mess with the hot, the hot ones. He, he's, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a smart guy too. It's like, uh, life's too short. <laughs> you don't want to. Well, when, when it comes to venomous snakes, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've caught, interacted with, filmed many, many different species and there's just such a risk involved. Yeah. We've kind of paired back in the recent years of, you know, if we come across a venomous snake in the wild, you know, I, I might get low down to the ground and admire it, not try to catch it. You know, early on with the Brave Wilderness Channel to obviously build up some of the hype and the danger of the stuff we did. You know, I catch rattlesnakes. I'd, I'd show the audience their fangs and stuff like that. But the risks involved in handling snakes like that and showing fangs just it's not worth it for us at this point. Like yeah. a, a single bite has the chance to kill you, especially if you can't receive medical attention in enough time. The snakes are cool enough just to look at them and, and give you some cool shots. Yeah. Uh, heck yeah. So uh, do you have another book on the way? Yeah, we do actually. Um, so my fifth book, The Beast of Bites, Beast of will Bites. be releasing in September. We're actually just finishing up with all the graphic design elements uh, with that book now. I think I'm going to actually see the first printed copy at the end of this month. And I'll tell you guys, it is without question the best book we have ever produced. This is the follow-up to The King of Sting. Okay. Um, so it's sort of done in the same exact design style, real awesome high-color illustrations, screen grabs from episodes, but we've added a lot more science to it. Um, I just are very, very proud of this book. So it'll be the companion that goes along with King of Sting. And uh, yeah, we're excited for it to come out this fall. So now Who you're... The illustra- who's doing the illustrations for yeah. the book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- so my mom did all the illustrations for the Brave Adventures book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's amazing woman um, named Joanna that we work with um, from my team at Little Brown Young Readers, um, who does all of our color illustrations. And I mean, her work is just, uh, you know, she knocks it out of the park every single time. Awesome. So if you guys have seen The King of Sting, um, all the, the color illustrations that are in there, I thought were fantastic. And this one with the Bites book was cool because it's not just insects. It's a whole myriad of different creatures. She really took those illustrations to the next level. So I'm pretty excited nice. for people to Awesome. So entertainment in Hollywood is pretty much on pause, but is there, is, are there thoughts for the, the next season of uh, The Brave Wild? Uh, yeah, you know, we've, we've got the concepts all lined up, but I think international travel for this year is going to be pretty impossible. And when I say impossible, I mean, yeah, people will be able to travel internationally, but the problem will be the protocols that are set in place by other countries for yeah. people traveling from the United States 
to those countries. So when you think about it from a production standpoint, um, you know, one of our locations that we were identifying was Thailand. Thailand for this year um, and the Indonesian islands to do Komodo. And if you think about a 14 day quarantine period that you would need to be in with a 10 to 12 person production team, I mean, the budget expense of what that would entail, honestly, it really isn't worth it at this point. So we'll probably sit out a year from doing anything that's television oriented, but we have a number of other big projects that are actually in development right now that will continue through development in 2020. So hopefully when 2021 hits, we can get out there, hit the ground running. But um, the concepts we have in the works this year for the Brave Wilderness YouTube channel are pretty fantastic. And like I said at the beginning, that's one of the cool things about YouTube. Because we're producing it on our own accord and because we're able to produce within the realm of the United States, it makes things a lot easier and much much more manageable from a production and post-production standpoint. Just a bunch of lunatics in an RV running around the country getting bit by crap. I love well, it. Well, the, the road trip aspects are really fun. I love getting in a vehicle and traveling across the country. Actually, our next trip that we're aligning right now is to Texas. Uh, we just teamed up with a team with a, a, a university, Texas University, um, doing research on alligator gar which are just a massive prehistoric fish species. Um, So we're doing some more fish content this year. A lot of people have asked for fish episodes. It's been really hard to produce those, but we've teamed up with the right people. And uh, there'll be some cool fish content this year on Brave Wilderness. Is that the the catfish aspect? You know, were you doing all that? Uh, So we already filmed the catfish episode. The alligator gar is a whole nother thing. And then we've got an episode gotcha. that we're going to be doing on piranhas called Eaten Alive. Oh, no. Oh, gosh, man. <laughs> will strip my arms of their flesh. That's going to be sort of our big uh, – every November and December, we have these big heavy-hitting episodes to come out. So that's in pre-production right now for it, us to find out whether or not piranhas will actually eat me. Oh, good God. <laughs> All right, so with cool water, it keeps them cool. So, right, just uh, yeah. <laughs> careful, man, careful. All right, so Brave Wilderness YouTube, Coyote Peterson. If you, if you just kind of Google that, it'll come up. Uh, the Twitter is Coyote Peterson. What's your Instagram again? Coyote Peterson, at Coyote Peterson, at Brave Wilderness for all of our social media feeds, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We got them all. Perfect. So, yeah, and that's, that's a good place to find out when these new projects get launched. And, uh, oh, my goodness, thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out with us. So we really... Uh, Really appreciate it. Stay safe. Hope your arm and your leg get better and uh, don't hurt yourself too much. No, I will do my best not to. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show and just keep me in the loop. The next time you want to do the, the happy hour man cave or want to do this, thing, you know, I'm happy to be on the show anytime. Gotcha. You pick the bourbon and we'll all taste it together for the first time. How about that? Oh, we'll taste it for the first time and you've already you've picked yeah, yeah. it. So. There you go. <laughs> all right, Sounds Coyote. Good. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right. Bye. See you, guys. Bye. There we go. Thanks for hanging out on Animal Talk. And once again, remember, like, subscribe, leave a comment wherever you're listening to this. We truly appreciate you spending time. AnimalTalkRadio.com is the website. Animal Talk Radio on all the socials. Give us a follow and, and hang out. But most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. And we appreciate you being here on Animal Talk. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! Think it'll work? You can take it, man. Goodbye!